Hey guys, Stacey Barnett, Sensibilities Knows Work, and I'm actually driving to a trial right now. Um, I thought I would just kind of record some thoughts that I had and share those with you guys. Um, and the topic that I want to talk about is trust. You know, we hear a lot about, we, well, we hear the phrase, trust your dog, a lot. And, and honestly, I love the phrase, but I also... Um, it, it, it's incomplete, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, the phrase itself is awesome if you think about it in a complete fashion. Because let's talk about the, the downfalls of the word trust your dog first. When, when you say trust your dog, basically you're, you're, you're basically saying that if you, if you just trust your dog, you'll be fine. And it takes, um, I think it takes responsibility off of the handler. And that I, I think I think is a mistake. You know, I, I think we really need to always be thinking about what what is the handler's responsibility and do you train in a way that you can trust your dog? You know, so I, I, I think that that's kinda of what I want to talk about because um yeah, it, it's it's a little problematic. So I mean in perfect let's talk about the perfect world, you know, for a little bit. So the perfect world is, is you set yourself, your your dog up on the start line, and, you know, you breathe. I do a breathe in, breathe out. I breathe in, breathe out, and I just release my dog into the search area. And my dog is going to work independently. Uh, my dog is going to work confidently. My dog is going to find all the highs, and then I'm going to call finish, right? There's a lot that goes into that. And I think um, it's, one, it's one of those things where, as you're starting to come up the levels and you start thinking about, you know, moving into unknown number of highs, um, I, I think, you know, it, it can, it's, it's either going to feel very overwhelming or you're going to just, you know, totally underestimate it. And I, I think it's going to be one or the other, right? So, so usually those, those types of folks are like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And, and people get, they get the, the suggestions, trust your dog. But, you know, basically, though, in order to do that, you know, you, you've got to, um, you have to have the right training. Okay, well, we, I'm sorry. We, let's go back to what the perfect, perfect, uh, you know, situation is. You know, you release your dog. The dog, you know, uh, seeks out odor, and you can trust your dog, right? At that point, you can trust your dog, and you can, um, you can easily call finish. So what are the components that, ha- that go into that? Uh, you know, first of all, from a handler perspective, you know, there's a couple different things. You know, you have to have a um, a good um, comfort level in terms of um, being able to read your dog. That's actually that's actually really huge because if your dog gives you information and say perhaps you know you move in the wrong direction. This is very easy to do, right? So let's say, you know, they, they the dog gives you a, a change of behavior, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, brief change of behavior, and you don't see it because maybe, you know, you need to work a little bit more in reading your dog, and you're like, oh, hey, we didn't, we didn't cover it. Oh, cover the area over here on the left. So you, you move the dog over to the left. Meanwhile, you've completely disengaged your dog from odor, and you never find that that hide on the right. And then when you say, well, what happens? They say, well, you got to trust your dog. 
right? So, you know, you have to have, you definitely have to have that um, that part in place. And, you know, you've also got to be, um, so you have to be able to read your dog. You also have to be able to be, to understand uh, what, um uh, what impact your handling has on the dog. And it's it just a minor, minor thing. And you know what's, what's actually really interesting? So this is, this is me and my tangents. I, I'm just like, honestly, I'm crazy about tangents. <laughs> I do them all the time. Um, so I'm learning how to do agility, how to, how to run agility uh, with my dog, Brava, and she's just having the best time. She's, she's just such a such a willing partner, right? She's this little, for those of you who don't know Brava, Brava is my little pocket rocket, right? She's probably, I don't know how, how much she weighs, maybe 45 pounds max, probably about 45 pounds. She's, she's kind of, she's very petite, um, and she's a little Labrador, and she's fast, and she's agile, and she's fearless, and she's high drive, and she's just this amazing little creature. So, you know, I wanted to give her something to do in addition. Nose work. Uh, you know, she's getting to the point where she just actually, actually just yesterday she got her Elite 3. So we're going to be looking forward to summits pretty soon. And, um, or I'm going to, I can actually, I can start to enter them now, which is great. But, you know, we're going, we're looking forward to summits. And at that point, you know, she's only, she'll only be able to try out twice a year. So, I, you know, she needs a, I call it her side hustle. So she's doing agility as a side hustle, right? So what's interesting, and this is, although this is a tangent, there is a point to this. Um, you know, what, what's interesting is that I'm, you know, I'm doing these like little drills with her, and I'm actually I'm taking uh, I'm taking an online class with Loretta Moeller, and um, and she's a, if you guys don't know her, she's a world team coach, really really awesome lady. She's a, she's also uh, another instructor for Penn State Dog Sports Academy. Really cool and full of incredible information. So it's a, it's a class on timing. So now what it, what I'm seeing is, now I always knew that, you know, your your motion really affected the dog in very minute, very small ways, but very um, substantial ways. And I also know that a lot of this, this is where we get into back in the, the parallel with nose work, but it's amazing how if Brava takes off over the jump and if she's in the air and I give my turning cue at that moment, we bring a bar down. Right? And and it's actually it's actually very interesting because if we draw a parallel to nose work, that turning, that rotation of my body, let's say I'm doing a front cross or what have you, but that rotation of my body as she's going over that jump, causing that bar to come down is the exact same thing as say my dog has a brief change of behavior, right, a brief change of behavior, and um, and, and then what I do is if I say, oh, I rotate my body to the left and uh, or something, and, and I move the, uh, oh, my gosh, that is really, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, I, there's a, oh, that's horrible. Uh, I'm sorry, I just saw a vehicle on fire, and that is just one of the scariest things I've seen in a long time. Um, hopefully, I can edit that out. 
uh, hug your loved ones. I have a feeling that I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how someone can get out of that. Anyway, uh, that, that's, wow, that's terrifying. Okay. So let me just collect my thoughts for just a moment. And, um, all right, let's, uh, let's get back to it. Um, let's, okay, so, so we were talking about how, it's amazing, the things, things that you see, I'm sorry, the things that you see when you're driving, and, uh, that was a semi-truck that had gone off the road, it looked like there had been an accident, and he hit something, and it is completely engulfed in flames, and it's, it's absolutely terrifying. Um, so I'm trying to just kind of get my, get my brain back into nose work, you know, um, that, that was just, just horrible. Um, okay, we were talking about the, the, the body's impact on the dog. So if, if I'm, if I'm looking at my dog and if I, if I'm, I'm doing agility with my dog, right, and I do that where I just do the, do the rotation at the wrong time. And she takes the bar down because, you know, I rotate and she's, she's going over the jump and she, um, and she takes the bar down because I rotate at the wrong time. It's the exact same thing as if my dog has a very minor change of behavior and I don't see it in real time. A lot of these, a lot of these things you will see if you watch it on video, but maybe it doesn't register in my mind in real time. And maybe I rotate again, it's still rotation still affects the dog, um, and, um, when we're talking, you know, nose work, but let's say I rotate to get the dog to move into a different direction to clear another part of the search area. And it's the exact same thing because it has the exact same result. So either your dog takes a bar down, which would be in agility or in nose work, you miss a hide because perhaps the dog was having a change, a, a minor change of behavior that was going to turn into a sourcing behavior um, if the dog had the opportunity to, to to work a little bit longer, so you know, so your your body movement and and your and the body pressure, uh, which is just and, and your um, just how you navigate the search area with respect to your dog has a huge impact on how successful your dog is going to be. You know, and that that's all where handling comes into play. So if you're talking about reading your dog and handling. So that's kind of like all of these things that you have to have in order to be successful. And in order to actually be able to trust your dog, because these are things that if, if they go wrong, you could very easily, um, you know, you could very easily miss hides and then be like, well, why didn't my dog find that hide, right? So that's if we start thinking about from the dog's perspective, this is there, there's also an equal amount of, um, very, you know, things that, that, that have to be in place from the dog's perspective in order to have a, um, you know, in order to be able to trust your dog, right? Because if we think about trusting our dog, trusting your dog mean, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we can just say, okay, uh, Fido, uh, this is the search area, tell me when you're done, right? What it does mean, um, and we used to think about trust your dog, what does that mean? That means that we trust that if our dog gets in the way of target odor, that our dog will react to the target odor and then we'll focus on finding the, 
get, you know, working with target odor all the way back to source. That's what it is. That is what trusting your dog means. Okay? That if your dog gets in the way of target odor, that they will respond to target odor and work it back to source. Now, building on that, it's not just enough that, you know, you want your dog to just kind of respond to it if they get in the way of it. But there's also an aspect of we want the dog to go out and seek it, right? So the, the dog has to be able to go out and seek target odor. And, um, on, you know, basically taking the initiative to go out and seek target odor. And this is where when your dog does that, you're able to handle in a very um, in a, in a very neutral, very passively neutral manner in such a way that you really are just supporting the dog and you're just helping the dog, you're just communicating to the dog, you know, where the search boundaries are. That's all it is, right? You're, you're not having to, um, to overhandle or anything like that. So, you know, that, that's ideal is our dog is kind of in... Um, Kind of, kind of in drive, and uh, and and they're working, um, you know, that way. So to get that, uh, there's there's actually a key component to that uh, that I think we don't really talk about a whole lot. Nose work, and that key component is engagement. Okay, so you know we think about engagement, we think about things like you know obedience and agility, and, and things where we're telling our dogs what to do, right? Where we're telling our telling our dogs you know, take that jump or tell your dog heel or sit or down. We need the dog that's engaged. And for some reason in this sport, there's very little discussion about engagement. But the truth of it is, is that if you want a dog that is going to go out proactively and seek the target odor, and if you have a dog that will not only respond to target odor, but will work the target odor in preference of or preference to uh, any kind of distraction odor that may be in, in the in the environment, distraction odor doesn't necessarily mean stuff that is set on purpose by the judge or the certifying official. A distraction odor could literally be a novel odor, right? Anything. It could be anything in the environment. So we need our dogs to be engaged enough, and which you know, if we think about, it, we'll talk about what engagement means. But we they, we need them to be engaged enough to be able to really focus on the task. So we need to have this in order to be able to trust the dog, right? Because and a lot of this has to do with how we train. How we train. Now, you know, so so other than the fact, that, of course, your dog needs to understand odor. We're just kind of you know, there there's that, of course. Um, you know, your dog needs to understand what birch is, right, before they, before you actually try to try to search for birch. Um, you know, if you put your dog out and ask them to search and you're out looking for a novel odor, let's say you decided to cut corners and say, oh, I'm sure my dog can find anise, um, and even though I've never introduced it. You know, if you, actually, if you see people do this at, like, ORT, they sign up for all the odors, and they're like, well, you know, maybe my dog will find it. And sometimes the dog gets lucky. Bad training, by the way. Um, never ask your dog to search for anything that they have not been formally introduced to. Anyway, um, so, but that, but a key component of being able to trust the dog is engagement. We think about engagement. Talk about engagement a little bit. So, if we think about engagement, engagement is, if we think about this from a, you know, kind of a nose work uh, perspective, right? 
engagement is really uh, that dog's desire to stay focused in um, and, and the value. They have to have motivation for the work at hand. They have to stay focused, right? And, and focus is, we're talking focused on searching, not necessarily focused on the handler, not focused on the environment, right? But the dog has to, but in order to do that, in order to get the dog into search focus, the dog really needs to have a desire to find the target odor, not just an understanding of the target odor. So if you take a dog that has a basic understanding of target odor and you don't really build any of that desire in there, you're going to have a very hard time getting engagement. Right? So and now if we think about what desire is, I know I'm throwing a whole lot of ideas at because it's just it's so complicated and all this comes back to if you want to be able to trust your dog, you need to focus on the components that build a truly fantastic, cohesive team between you and your dog. And that's really what I'm talking about, are these components to build this cohesive team. Because if you want to be able to trust the dog, you've got to be a good team member and you have to be trustworthy, right? We'll get to being trustworthy in a minute. So, so let's, you know, so we're talking about uh, focus engagement. So the dog has to have motivation, which means they have to enjoy what they're doing. All right, I, and here's here's a little here's a little hint that I think a lot of people kind of underestimate. You know, people kind of assume, oh, you know, my dog is doing this for the hot dog in my pocket. Well, maybe initially, but I can guarantee you that as you start to move up the levels, that hot dog in that pocket isn't going to be enough if you don't pay attention to building the intrinsic love of searching. Because it's the intrinsic love of searching that carries the dog through those large, unproductive areas, right? Those areas where perhaps there's no odor. Maybe it's a blank area, or maybe it's a very large search area, and you have to go through and you have to clear areas without any odor whatsoever, and your dog still has to search, right? They have to search regardless of whether or not there's odor out there. And if you do your job and you, um, you, you know, you basically, um, you know, if you do your job and, and you, you build this intrinsic love of searching, what you're going to find is that it becomes actually very easy to keep the dog engaged. That's actually the source of engagement is can you build that intrinsic love of searching? And to do that, it's not going to be enough. The hot dog, the little piece of hot dog is not going to be enough. And, and I can, I, you know, and you're probably thinking, oh, you know, well, you know, my dog really likes food and, you know, my dog, you know, blah, 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 blah. But let me tell you, I'm saying this as a handler, owner and handler of Labrador Retrievers who have a scary level of food drive. And if you've never had a Labrador, you've never truly seen food drive, if you want my opinion. Just because it's it's just literally they're they're bottomless pits and yeah they would absolutely be thrilled to eat the pocket lint in your pocket right versus you know they, that's just as valuable as a piece of hot dog just something so anyway um, but if you, you know so I'm I'm talking about it from from that perspective I also have a dog uh, who actually I've been trialing today and um, my standard poodle. Now, he's older, he's not, you know, um, he's kind of a, what I call a career NW3 dog, but we do have a whole lot of fun. And 
<laughs> Joey, here's the thing with Joey. Joey is not food motivated. Joey is not toy motivated. And when I tell people that, they look at me, they're like, how in the world did you teach that dog nose work? I have to tell you, I had to pair fun with searching. <laughs> this is a long story on that one. Um, but, you know, Joey actually really, really enjoys searching. But he enjoys searching because searching is fun. And his reward, yeah, he gets a cookie at the hide, and he does eat it just because he's, you know, he's not food motivated, but he does eat. I mean, he's not starving to death, right? But the food for him is not going to be nearly enough to be a, uh, a motivator uh, for, for any any stretch of the imagination. It's just not reinforcing. I mean, he'll say, oh, well, that's good. I'm, you know, you know, I'm glad you gave me that little piece of happy howie, and I'll readily eat it. But that food for him is just basically saying, yes, you were correct, and here's your cookie. But it's not enough to carry him through things like trials, especially at 13 and a half years old. Okay, but I have to tell you, this dog loves searching. Okay, so he's um, he, he loves searching, and, and he, loves, he loves the interaction with me. So those are the things that, that really, really make it special for him. So how do you, you know, how do you build this love of searching? Now, a lot of what I do, um, and I do have a, uh, a, uh, a webinar recording available on my website um, that goes into this, but I do things, I call them 3D highs or multidimensional highs. And, um, and from that perspective, a lot of that is, is I build interest. And the whole, the whole thing, and that's just my tactic, of building interest because it's all about building interest into the search you want your searches to be interesting because let me tell you guys if you set boring searches that resemble each other every single time you maybe you're out there and you're like oh I'm trying to drill my buried hides or my containers and you just keep setting up things that may look like trial searches I tell you, your dog is going to get bored out of his mind, okay? You know what happens when you get a dog that's bored of the activity that you're doing with them? They stop wanting to do it. And do you think you can get engagement with a dog like that? Absolutely not, right? No engagement, no focus, because you're boring. And and this is why, when I'm saying you're boring, I'm not saying that you specifically as a handler are boring. I'm saying that your hides are boring. Your, your searches are boring. So to get that focus, this all goes back to training. So if you want to trust your dog, you've got to train the dog in a way that keeps the dog's interest, keeps the dog's excitement, keeps the dog's desire to search because searching is fun. So what you need to do is set interesting highs. And I do, like I said, I do three-dimensional highs and that sort of thing. Um, and I do have a, a pre-recorded webinar available if you're interested in that. But... Um, or maybe you've seen my stuff on 3D stuff. Anyway, um, that is that's really what I would suggest there. So the and so then there's one more aspect. Like I said, I know there's a ton of stuff here. There's one more aspect, and that aspect is about being trustworthy. We always say, do you trust your dog? Or, or you know, trust your dog. Trust your dog. Right. But we, we never really say, be trustworthy, be trustworthy, right? And I, I see this a lot. Like, I see this with, um, we see, you see this a lot, mostly, probably with more with newer handlers. Um, but the issue, it really comes down to um, if you're, um, 
you know, let's say, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you set a hide and your dog's a little nervous or maybe your dog's not engaged, right? Maybe your dog's not focused and you don't have that level of engagement because you don't have that love of searching yet. And your dog gives you kind of like this, well, you know, kind of like you know, that or, or they just, maybe it's a minor change of behavior or maybe they, they really found the hide, but gosh darn it, you're going to hold out for that, that, that final response. And, you know, your dog, well, he knows, he knows to sit at the hide or he knows to keep his nose there and freeze. And, you know, that wasn't good enough. That alert wasn't good enough, right? As soon as you do that, you're basically telling your dog, sorry, your, your work was not good enough. Now, if you have a dog that's not engaged or focused to begin with and you tell them, sorry, that's not good enough, I guess where that motivation is going, guys. All right? It's like basically saying, you know, I don't really care about this job anyway, and you just told me that you want me to work some overtime. I mean, that's basically the same thing. Like, it's going to work, you don't like your job, and your boss says, I need you to stay late. That is exactly what you just did by asking your dog, by telling your dog that I don't, that's not a strong enough alert. Okay? And, uh, <laughs> that is, it just does not have good long-term consequences on that one. So, if you have a dog that's not quite engaged and not quite focused, they give you an alert, even if it's not your, quote, chosen alert that you want to have, you need to feed the dog. Now, it's possible that as a new handler, you know, because it goes back to reading your dog, right? It's possible as a new handler that you may not necessarily know when your dog is at the hide. And you see this a lot in trials at the lower levels, especially like AKC novice and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm, I'm saying AKC, I'm, not, I'm you know, more pulling that, that out because uh, typically by the time you get into like an NW1, um, you know, you've got to wait for the trial to come around. you got to do your ORTs. Um, you, you have a little bit, usually um, handlers have a little bit more experience going to do an NW1 and say an AKC novice or something. Um, and it's, it's just it's just the way things work. Uh, so, so let's say you have a, a, a novice handler, and, you know, it's, it's very common for the handler to see the dog. And then the dog actually alerts in such a way that people who are very fluent in nose work and have seen many, many dogs alerting, they can tell exactly, well, you know, of course they're at the hide, and they give you all this, you know, this hind quarter rotation, you know, the, the whole body, you know, maybe they did a little head twist, maybe they, you know, underneath the, the seat of the chair, and, you know, this whole long list of, of um, behaviors. But because the handler didn't see something that they're accustomed to seeing, they don't believe it. So you see it's a lot where, where the handlers are like, well, let's check the rest of the room because they're worried about calling alert and having the search be over and being wrong. And by the way, guys, that, that, that's like kind of a, a normal normal reaction. Okay. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of a normal reaction. But let's say you go to, you go to class and you always work blind hides. So now what you're ha what you're doing is you're creating a history of your dog, you know, alerting at the hide in a way that the dog is saying, I found the hide, but perhaps the handler doesn't see it, so the handler doesn't believe the dog. And what you end up there with is, um, you know, you, you end up with a dog that doesn't get rewarded for finding the hide initially, Right? And, um, and, and, and really the dog is like, well, I don't understand. This is, this is where you're going to, because it's usually a new dog at this point. And the dog is usually saying, well, you know, I don't really understand why 
um, sometimes when I find it, I, you know, I get rewarded, and sometimes when I find it, I don't get rewarded, you know, like, this is kind of a confusing game. So you lose the clarity, and, um, and, the, and the dog can actually lose trust in the handler. Because the thing is, is that, we, you know, coming back full circle, for you to be able to trust your dog, you first need to be trustworthy. Okay, and that means that you need to reward the dog when they find the hide. And I'm not just talking when their their nose touches the hide and moves on because maybe they don't quite know that they're there yet. That's a whole other thing. But if the dog understands that they're at the hide and you don't reward it, you are degrading the trust that you have with your dog because trust is a two-way street. I guess that's, that's, like I said, kind of coming full circle. You know, trust is a two-way street, and it's so important to be trustworthy. And it's probably more important to be trustworthy than it is to trust your dog, because once once you are trustworthy, and if you are supporting the development of a dog who is independent, who enjoys searching, who has uh, motivation, right, who can go out and seek odor. If you're crafting that with your nose work dog, and if at the same time you are working to become a better handler, you're working to learn how to really read your dog, okay, and you are training in such a way that you are thinking about the dog's emotions and rewarding the dog when the dog finds a hide. If you can do all of those things, you can then say, I trust my dog. And you can also then say, I am also trustworthy. Okay? Um, and, and that's kind of that's kind of the core of it because, and this, this all came, you know, all of this kind of went in my head because I'm, I'm on my way to this trial. And it is, let me tell you, it is a really cool thing to feel comfortable enough that if your dog intersects a scent cone, that they'll react to the scent cone and they'll work at the source. Okay, that is, that's probably the coolest feeling in the world. Um, you know, and you don't always get it, by the way. You know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, it's odor, you know, just just because you got your, your dog in the path of where the odor would be, sometimes their occurrence change you know, uh, moment to moment, things like that. Things, things can still happen, but um, it's not going to guarantee a pass. It's not going to guarantee a cue, but it sure is going to make for a better relationship with your dog. And, uh, and that's really what we're, what we're doing this for is a relationship with our dogs because we love seeing them enjoy what they're doing. We love seeing them paint the picture of a world that we just are not privy to as humans and to me, it is the most beautiful sport because of that. And I love seeing my dog light up with joy as they search. So, you know, all this comes full circle. And uh, I just want to say, you know, hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully this has been helpful for you guys. And uh, and I, I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed recording this. But, I mean, I did it because I wanted to stimulate some thought. I wanted to kind of get you guys thinking and reflecting 
because reflecting is a huge component of um, of being a successful handler, and uh, and I think you all can do that. So, anyway, hopefully this is helpful, um, and I'll chat with you guys later.